The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. My co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake, and you're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. I am doing well. I know. I know. I, as I understand it, it, you're sitting there trying to gain weight. The show today is all about gaining weight, not about losing weight. It's all about weight because January apparently is the month where everybody, will they vow that they're going to lose weight because did you know that in November and December, Americans gain the most weight that they gain throughout the whole year? Is that I true? mean, not surprising because it's party time and everybody's going out eating and drinking. And that's a lot of weight then. I didn't know that. And that's an interesting tidbit. Yeah. So I know that doesn't concern you because you're one of the few people that I know who has to gain weight. Tell it us is true. Breakfast. I try. And yeah, so I'll, um, I'll try to keep my opinions to myself today because it's the opinion of few. <laughs> In, well, it's not a question of opinion. It's a question of like... The fact that whatever your metabolism is, or however you you forget to eat, or why do you think that you why do you have to gain? Well, weight? I'll be honest with you. Every time someone comes on the show and tells that you how to eat and live healthy, I am to the book on the program. Like I, that's naturally how I like to eat. It's naturally how I like to exercise. So I just do it the way, and it's very natural for me. It's how I feel best. Do you know what I did last week? I was here alone for a couple of days, and I did something I shouldn't even admit to. It's really embarrassing. I love when you admit things that you shouldn't. Well, I'm going to tell you, just you. I, I too, I eat good food. It makes me feel good. I might eat a little too much of it at certain times, but it's always good food. I don't eat junk. Well, I had these potato chips that I think they were left over from Thanksgiving when all the kids were here, and so there were like three or four bags of potato chips, and I love potato chips. I haven't had them in probably a year. And I took a bag of potato chips, and I sat here like a glutton, eating potato chips and drinking white wine, watching no, television. By yourself? Yeah, by myself. Uh, I got, I, and I loved every, you know, I was like, it really, it tasted so good. I mean, you know, that the potato chips and the salt, and I'm watching TV, and I'm just like doing everything, that totally self-indulgent, and drinking this great bottle of white wine, yeah, by myself. <laughs> I, I got so sick. My oh, body you? was not used to it. I don't eat that way, and it would not tolerate it. Really, I was really ill in the middle of the night. So, wow. I mean, your body does tell you. If it's you get true. what to do and, and to, like, how to nourish it, uh-huh, I, I, would, I would never do that again. Well, it's not, your body's not used to all that not-so-healthy food. So if you get used to eating well, then when you do something like that, your body tells you you can't do it. It's exactly and right. Yeah, it was disgusting, actually. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think your point is important that our bodies are very wise, you know? Listen, yeah, listen to your body, right? Yeah, really pay attention to it. It has a lot to tell you. 
I have to tell you this. I want to. I know you're going to take a big trip soon, and we took that trip to. We went on a cruise like uh, for the, over the holidays. Uh huh. And you know all this stuff about terrorism fascinates me. I don't know about you. I mean, it fascinates me in a sense of like, what are we going to do about it, and how you know what are the, like the problems at the airport, and it's like a mess, and you have all these people and all these bags and all these. And I think we have to take responsibility. I decided as consumers to do something about it. And I was talking to my brother. What do you think of this? Like there should be standardized bags only that we can take on as carry-ons. I mean, it's boring. Most people will won't like that. But you have a standardized bag. That's it. It has to be a certain size. You buy it wherever you buy it. Maybe you buy it from the government, and they can make some money. And you know, uh, it would be a good thing economically. And then. The people who are looking at the bags don't have a whole. They, it's easier to look at standardized kinds of bags than it is to look at all different kinds of bags, cause it, especially when you don't know what you're looking for. Interesting. And and that's it. What do you? However, think? I have to say that the guy that you know, their most recent issue, he didn't have the stuff on him. He had it in him. You know. He had. He, that's true. He, he had it in him. But you know what? I think there's less distraction for the people who are looking. Where whatever they're you know when they're looking at going when you're going through security the less distraction there is be it in the bags or whatever it is the better off so that you can take your attention elsewhere. Do you that mean I can't use my luggage anymore? I have to buy no. my luggage. Did you just buy real expensive luggage? <laughs> you no, did. I, I can probably do for an upgrade. I'm I'm liking the smaller yeah. The, I'm, but still, I hear I, you. I think it's a good idea from a administrative and a security standpoint. I would definitely make the security people's job easier, wouldn't it? It would make the security people's job easier. It's more economical. You don't have to feel compelled to buy expensive luggage. That's the true. luggage companies won't like this or they can make those standardized bags as, you know, as part of what they, you know, as part of what they uh, what they produce. Uh, it just makes everything much more flexible, you know, all the, ho- the whole thing. I just think it's an easier thing to do, and I think we should do that, and we have to take responsibility. That's one thing. I'm fascinated that you're fascinated with the whole terrorist thing. Does it scare you? Um, I don't know if scare is the right word. It just it shocks me that we have to spend our energy this way, you know? Well, how, but you're you're an entrepreneur. What about the person who could produce these bags? I mean, you talk about a new business that comes out of like bad I, stuff, and there's always yeah. some businesses that they're going to gain from it. This would be a great business. Yeah, it's true. It would be. And somebody who's maybe already in the business or in a business that's similar start producing these bags. Try to sell them to the government. Not a bad idea. No, but they have to work hand in hand with the government to manufacture them so that they're done in ways that they're going to be make it easier. Yeah, standardized. Totally standardized. So it's not something that they're going to do independently on their own. They would have to use, I would think, the TSA as um, like consultants in some ways. They were talking about, uh, you know, t- taking uh, a lesson from the Israeli security measures that the Israelis do when you get off in the airport in Tel Aviv. Uh-huh. And one of the things that they mentioned was, and I think this is so important, I mean, we do all this stuff, you know, you've got the TSA guys standing there in front of these machines looking at your bags. They never look at the person. All they are is looking at, at the bags. So they get no sense of how, what kind of a reaction they're getting from the person. And there's a lot you can tell when someone's going through security. If they're, they're nervous, they're uncomfortable. The Israelis hire college graduates who are very much more in tune with 
how people present themselves, and they spend more time looking the people in the eye, asking them questions, putting them on the spot, exactly. and then measuring their reaction. We don't do that. I think, we're, you know, Gail flew in, my, the person that I work with flew yep. in from Albany yesterday, and she said exactly, actually the opposite, that she was impressed as the, um, the uh, security people were making eye contact with her, and if she missed, there was an opportunity where if they missed eye contact with her, the next guy caught it. So they've changed already. They're really, I think they're buckling down with the details, yeah. Because yeah, that's changed, that's different. Uh, it used to be much more relaxed, much more fluid. I mean, since this last incident, I guess that, you know, things are beginning to change. Exactly. Yeah, which I think is important. Um, oh, well, that's in, so she went into the, she uh, your airport where? Yeah. yeah, she mentioned it yesterday. Yeah, because, I mean, I travel all the time, but uh, I... Not, not since the event, though, or maybe you have traveled since that. Yeah, I have event. traveled since the event. Yeah, so they're tightening up. Good. So when you go on your big trip, your next big trip, you'll be okay. Yeah, well, next Sarah week, Palin, I have Sarah Palin has her, is going to have her... She's not going to have her own show. She's going to be on Fox. What do you think she's going to... Who is? I didn't, I, who, who is? Sarah Palin. Uh, she's going to be on Fox? She's going to be on Fox. She's going to be a political pundit on Fox. I didn't know that at the first I've heard it. She, she's, and it's, I don't know what she's going to have to say, because she never had, to, she had very little to say when she was running for vice president, but yes, she's going to be a political pundit sitting down, I guess, I don't know with whom, and she's going to be analyzing politics, news, etc. Wow, interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I think it's a good role. Well, yeah, but that's difficult to do. That's a lot more difficult to do than people realize. I think that's probably true. You know, it looks simple. They sit down there with those round tables. They discuss stuff. But doing it, you know, smoothly and having something to say that's important, that's not so easy. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens with her. But I'm not surprised she's going to be on Fox. No, me either. That doesn't surprise me. So, all right. So, tell me, what are you up to? Oh, my goodness. Well, today's a big day. We're launching our Starfish program, so we have women from coast to coast flying in. All right, tell people what the Starfish program is, because not everybody remembers if we have new listeners. Our Starfish program is very simply a high-level coaching program for for high-income-earning women business owners, and it's paired or partnered with a mentee experience. And so their mentor, they'll be introduced to their mentees this week, and their mentees are um, from Africa and Gandhi, um, Africa and... um, Afghanistan, and um, we have one woman from the Ukraine. They're all different parts of the world, which is wonderful. So technically there's seven in our program starting today, and um, that really is double, which means 14, you know, seven more will be mentored. So that's been it's a fun program. So this is the Big Fish program. This is the Starfish program. So how does it work, like stage by stage? Because, I mean, I mean it's, it's, um, it's very different than the other programs, the, the other, other big program fish programs, is, similar but different. It's very similar and very different in that the, our basic program, our big fish program, is all virtual, so you never leave the comfort of your home. It's all done through um, telephone, and it's a combination of teleclasses and coaching, and there's no mentor program. This is really to get women into a situation that, um, to help them help themselves first, and then once they get to the point that they're ready to give back, then they're ready for the starfish program. All right, so the Starfish program, if one wanted to do it, well, now, is, what, would, what would you do? The like, Starfish if someone's program, listening, they well, want they to join, what do they do? First and foremost, and um, 
We are now accepting applications for our next round, which most likely will be a year from now, but it's a big program, so we would probably do some initial coaching to get people ready for it And um, during this course of this year. And um, it's retreat-based, so it's done in person. And then we meet three times a year in person, and then between that we do teleclasses and coaching by phone. So it's women helping women become successful or they, these women are very successful business owners and helping other women, mentoring them to become successful business owners, taking from them all that they've learned and, and passing it on to other women. Exactly. One woman at a time. One woman at a time. Maybe you could do two women at a time. <laughs> you could, but it's also, um, this is our first year of launching this program, so we want to get a sense of how much time it's taking. And I think it will really depend on the relationship. It can be designed anyway. Some women might want to take on two. Um, but it's, uh, that will be by choice. You know, that will be up to each individual. Yeah, you have to play it by ear. Yeah. Tiptoe in the water. Exactly. Lauren Beller and Catherine Fox, you're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. We have to take a break, a short break, but we will be back in a minute. So please don't go away. VoiceAmericaVariety.com. I'm your social worker with a microphone, Catherine Fox. Stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. There's nothing like getting involved in a great book. A lot of different genres have come to the forefront as some of the most discussed subjects of today. Whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, the vampire realm, or romance, join some of today's top authors on The Author Hour, your guide to fantastic fiction, hosted by Matthew Peterson. Get ready to explore the works with the authors themselves. Find out the how and the why and what inspired these geniuses of literary art. Tune in to The Author Hour, Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. 
p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. You're listening to the Catherine Zox Show on VoiceAmericaVariety.com with my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake. This morning, Lauren and I are, ta- are, go- are to- going to talk to Francis Cuffel. Francis is author of Angry Fat Girls, Five Women, 500 Pounds, and a Year of Losing It Again. Um, Francis, she transformed her life by losing 188 pounds and documented that weight loss in her book, Passing for Thin. And she was on all the talk shows, Oprah, CBS. She was right out there, and she said she recalls sitting in the Oprah green room with a whole bunch of celebrities and feeling resentful that she couldn't touch the yummy Danish they had on display. <laughs> uh, and like the vast majority of dieters, Frances's life transformed again when she gained over half of those pounds back, hence the book, Angry Fat Girls, 500 Women, 500 Pounds in a Year of Losing It Again. Welcome to the show, Frances. Nice to have you on. Thank you so much, Catherine and Lauren. So, wait, you, as we were talking just before we got on the air, I mean, weight is a big thing with women. I mean, we, we are constantly talking about weight. We either tell the truth about how much we weigh or we lie or we're losing or we're gaining. Um, I mean, I have done that all my life, and obviously you have too. But um, tell us what, tell us, you know, I mean, how much do you weigh now, first of all? I mean, you gain half of the 260 pounds. How much? 260 pounds. 260 pounds. And, and how tall and are you? Five, eight and a half. Five, eight and a half. Mm-hmm. What was it nice... like for you to lose all that weight and then to gain all this weight back? Um, looking back six years ago, I would say it was mostly confusing. And uh, there is so much work to be done when you've been obese your whole life, which I have been, and and suddenly you're wearing a size 8. <clears throat> um, uh, Was it terrifying to wear a size 8? Sometimes. Sometimes I felt really naked. Sometimes I felt very powerful. Um, sometimes I felt very beautiful. Sometimes I felt just uh, incredibly vulnerable, emotionally vulnerable because I hadn't had so many of the experiences that other women growing up have. Like and relationships with men, I assume, would be one. Sure, and and saying what I want. Uh, you know, I, I had deferred all my life trying to make myself small. I still have the smallest handwriting in the world, 
and that was, you know, a tangible uh, symptom of how I tried to to get out of the way. Did you feel resentful? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of picturing you here. You know, you were, uh, you know, you lose how much you lost, you know, over a hundred pounds, and then you get to be a size eight, and then you're saying people treat you differently. I'm not just men, but women as well. Everybody, I would assume. And then, did you ever feel like, well, why are you treating me? Di-? You know, I am who I am. And yet, yeah, you know, it was that sort of thing like, you know, what was I before, chopped liver? <laughs> you know? No, you were um, eating too much chopped liver. Yeah, uh, but but I was still essentially the same set of of skills and uh, character assets and deficits and... Uh, you know the same family history and and friendship history and you know all the things that go into making a person who they are so you're yeah you have the same academic ability intelligence the things you accomplish but yet your whole world changes once you become a size 8 as opposed to a size 22 right yeah although i think that I mean, there are two two parts of that, and one of them was that in some situations I was determined not to be perceived only as a fat woman, and I had about 30 seconds to get whoever I was meeting over it, and that meant that I had to speak very loudly, very fast, very cleverly, uh, sometimes very profanely in order to move them over the physical hump. And one of the things I had to do when I lost weight was to really put my personality on a diet to tone it down. And having gained weight again, I'm very pleasantly surprised to find that I can move people, most people, over that hump very quickly um, without having to ratchet up my personality. And I'm also finding that a lot of the things that I thought I couldn't do when I was fat, I can do when I'm fat. Like what kinds of things? Like, are you talking Date. about physical kinds of things or yeah, dating? Um, you know, the 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 men I've liked have have uh, have reciprocated. Um, What's I walk dogs that, for a living. Because I think you know this whole image of that you have to be thin to have a man like you or want to date you, and if you're not, then no one's going to want to be with you. So you're right. saying that's not true. And so I want to know um, what kind of men. I mean, are the just what kind? Because I, you know, men are so. I mean, we're so conscious in our culture about um, you know, looks and celebrities and all that kind of stuff. So the men that you're dating, obviously, what? Look beyond your the fat, or they like it. They no, they look beyond it. Uh, I, I'm not dating people who prefer fat women. You know, they don't have that quirk. Um, and uh, you know, I don't want to date someone who likes women to be heavy because I don't want to be heavy forever. You know, what's going to happen is a relationship going to end because I'm I'm not fat anymore. Um, it helps that I'm in my 50s, and so men are not themselves anymore such such beauty queens <laughs> things. Um, but in fact, I've been dating men who are much younger than I am. 
and it's been a matter of we found ourselves in uh, intellectual and emotional sympathy with each other, well, and and then the relationship proceeded from there. Well, you've also accomplished so much, and so here you are, this very accomplished person at age what fifty plus, whatever that is, and mm-hmm. so you it would seem to me. I mean, there's so much there that you that you've done some of your experiences. You're an author, you you know, and that has to come into play as well. I mean, you're an exciting, interesting woman. Yes, exactly. Um, but you know, I think that most women, and, and that's something I'm really struggling with right now, with with comments coming in on on partial viewings of of the book um, that we we tend to put those very famous thin women beautiful women known for their beauty and women known for their thinness on on this pedestal and and I had said in an interview that I wish we could you know quiz them on Hemingway and how to make con rules and factions and grammar and and what I meant by that was I think every woman has a set of accomplishments and excitement and that I wish that every woman was looked at that way. Well, in your book, because we haven't talked specifically about the book, Angry Fat Girls, and you're talking about five women with five different experiences. Right. One being that they were overweight, but a lot of different kinds of experiences. Tell us about the book. I mean, what's the book in terms of, first of all, why you wrote it, and then what you think that's going to do with other, how it could help other women in their struggle, their weight struggle. I can't think of another word, but I think it is a struggle. Well, the book evolved out of my documenting my, my, my relapse on a blog, and I got to know four other women who were... Uh, also dealing with relapse, and I didn't want to write one of those those books that was, uh, you know, thesis and then, uh, uh, you know, Jane, not her real name, twenty nine, had the same experience. Blah blah blah. I wanted to write a story, and I wanted to broaden the story so that I could really look at the various causes of relapse and the various experiences of dieting and the various experiences of you know childhood and how that how that feeds in and and the various ways that that we get triggered and uh so I asked my four friends if they would uh consent to be part of this book and they're very heavily uh, changed, you know, because they wanted their anonymity. But that was that. That's how I, why I wrote the book, and that's why I wrote the book as I did. I call it a nonfiction novel. A nonfiction novel. It's very timely because, as I understand it, three quarters of Americans are overweight, not just women, but men. Right. So, and a third of them are obese. So your book is obviously timely. But you've mentioned in the book. Or you mentioned that you you know you consider yourself an addict and 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 and, and compare it to alcohol a food addict compare right. it to alcoholism or any kind of addiction. Um, so when you say you're an addict, what does that mean? Well, it means that my my brain is really broken in several ways, and um, one of Let's them keep is that because we got to take a short break. 
So okay. when we come back, we'll talk about that. I mean, you say your brain is broken in several ways, which is um, uh, why you give yourself the, the definition of a food addict. I'm t- we're talking to Frances Couple, and she is author of Angry Fat Girls, Five Women, 500 Pounds, and a Year of Losing It Again. Uh, the book just came out this January. You can buy it uh, online. You can buy it at bookstores everywhere. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on VoiceAmericaVariety.com with my co-host Lauren Beller-Blake. Don't go away because uh, all three of us will be back in a minute. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Are you living with passion, purpose, and play? Are you ready to overcome your fears, claim your power and purpose to make your mark on the world, but don't know where to start? Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell, will inspire and empower you to squeeze as much juice and joy out of life as possible. You'll find your passion, live on purpose, and do it all with a boatload of play. Join this amazing voice for Tuck Talk every Monday at 6 p.m. in the East and 3 p.m. in the West on the Voice America Variety Channel. Live rebelliciously and on your terms. It's sex education like you've never heard before. Want to improve your love life? You know, that love life. Join sexual wellness expert and certified erotic educator Jaya for Sex with Jaya. She'll bring you cutting-edge techniques to expand your erotic repertoire. Jaya will offer advice and speak with guests who will shed light on everything to do with sex. You can even listen together with that special someone. Sex with Jaya is broadcast live every Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on VoiceAmericaVariety.com with my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake, and Frances Couple, author of Angry Fat Girls, Five Women, 500 Pounds, and a Year of Losing It Again. And, Frances, we were talking about the fact that you described yourself as an addict, an ad, you know, a food addict in the same way that other p- people are uh, drug addicts or suffer from alcoholism um, or addicted to alcohol. And I asked you what that meant. What, like when you say you're an addict and you said it's because you, you, you're broken, you have a broken brain. Isn't that how you described it? Yeah, it is. And I would first say that I would never, ever, ever 
uh, call anyone else a food addict, that that's really a decision and a very painful realization that, that one has to come to on one's own. So uh, I'm not out here promoting any kind of recovery program because um, that's really just something between you and you. Um, but how my brain is broken is actually now coming to light in terms of research that's being done. Uh, I probably am very low on uh, serotonin receptors, and sugar increases the brain's ability to manufacture serotonin. At the same time, it uh, affects exactly the same receptors as dopamine receptors as cocaine or heroin does. So sugar tends to make me very sleepy, very calm, uh, you know, just much more... um, Relaxed? Relaxed, yeah, yeah. It also makes me really sick. Um, you know, I'll have, I, I, I have sugar hangovers, which I didn't realize for until I stopped eating sugar what, what, what that was, you know, that I had a constant headache. And, uh, you know, at one point I was taking probably 12 aspirin a day because of this ongoing headache. And, uh, you know, now when I eat sugar, my muscles ache, I retain water, I... Uh, you know, have terrible diarrhea. Uh, it, it's really like going out and and getting so drunk that you're tremendously hungover the next day. So what you're saying is it's not just, you know, I hear especially with well, at people who have the opposite problem or specifically women who have the opposite problem, they talk about, you know, anorexia and bulimia is, is really their relationship with food, which on the other end or on the other side, it's kind of a, it applies to you as well, doesn't it? But not oh, just yes. that. You're saying, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I mean, it's really two sides of the same coin. Uh, you know, they're afraid to let go, and there's a great deal of body dysmorphia involved in it that that is not so much involved in being a compulsive overeater. But uh, it, it's that that terror of of losing control and uh, my desire to to lose control. You know, it's, it's exactly what I want to do is lose control. So, um, and uh, I attend a 12-step program and, and have met many, many, many anorexics there. They're, they're seeking the same recovery I am. In the 12-step so, program, are there as many men as there are women, or do you find that, 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 that it's, it's mainly women who get involved in, in the, the recovery program? It's mainly women. It's mainly women. In some ways, women are able to get more honest with themselves about what's going on. I think women may have, in general, a different relationship with food. Uh, there's also this really unfortunate fact, which is that men lose weight a lot faster so when a man wants to drop a few pounds, it's a lot easier for him. It makes it a lot easier for him to to not really look at what's going on. Well, I think another thing, though, that you mentioned in the book too, uh, uh, hence the five, you know, the the five women, angry fat girls. 
women tend to reach out, don't you think, to other women to help them, and, and men don't do that. They, 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 as you say, they don't maybe admit to the problem. They don't seek out other men to talk to, to you know, be a part of the social group like you did, like you do. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think the Internet may change that a little bit because there's just such a blogging phenomenon about weight loss. And I know that there are several very well-known male bloggers, but uh, men just tend to have this sense that I can do this by myself. And they can because they lose that weight that much faster than we do. Um, and uh, uh, so I find in the rooms that there are very few women, um, or very few men, I should say, I'm sorry. Um, and the experiences, and also, you know, then men come in and they see all these women and they don't want to stay because the experiences are so different. What about the, uh, I, I know this is a, whole, a part of the whole picture, I think, is that whole issue of, of shame, I mean, that comes into play of, you know, people, and I, I know people do this, they look, they look at, well, let's say women who are, Extremely overweight or obese, and I'll say, well, they could do something. You could, if you wanted to, you could do something about it. Just stop eating. Yeah. Just control yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it's an irony that everyone is actually addicted to food because, of course, we can't live. And in Alcoholics Anonymous, there's a saying that you just put the plug in the jug, and you can't do that as as a human being. You have to eat. And, you know, in the rooms there's a saying of it's like taking the tiger out of a cage and walking it around the block three times a day. Um, so, and it was that, that statement of why doesn't she just, why don't you just stop eating? Uh, or an overheard comment, actually, why, why doesn't she just stop eating that really, really got me so angry that, that I went into into recovery because... I couldn't stop eating. And it was coming from someone who had a terrible alcohol problem. And, you know, why couldn't he stop drinking? And it was for exactly the same reason. Were there people in your life who needed to have you fat? I mean, I always think of the, you know, when I watch the show The Biggest Loser, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the, the outcome, they lose all this weight and they go back to the same family, either, you know, a spouse or parental or whatever it is, and I always feel, and I, I know this is part of the 12-step program, that there are enablers in your life, too, who have a need to have you be fat and heavy because, for whatever reason, it enhances their relationship with you. You know, it's possible. I'm not sure. I just spent Christmas alone with my father for the first time. My mother died earlier this year, and it was the easiest, most non-bingy Christmas I've, I've ever had. And I have to kind of look at that. I'm in therapy. It's a, that's, a, that's a phenomenon for therapy. Um, you know, I certainly gained weight, and I ate, I ate stuff that I wish I hadn't and, and had some days that were, you know, made me really sick. But uh, compared to what I usually go through when I have a visit to my parents, it was really benign. And there's something there. Um, and whether it's just that my mother and I were essentially not 
as much alike as my father and I, and my father and I can sort of roll along together more easily, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I think she wanted, my mother wanted for so long to have a daughter, and I'm adopted, um, that there may have been a certain amount of need to infantilize me, to keep me uh, that daughter she always wanted. <clears throat> At the same time, it frustrated her that she had a daughter that she couldn't dress up all those years. So, so to keep you know, it's close. never yeah, it's never clear cut. You know, an enabler will will both criticize and and want you to stay the same, and that's why it's so confusing to to get out of those relationships. Well, one thing in your situation, because you're adopted. Uh, there's no hereditary component to your being heavy. I don't know if your parents were heavy or not, or are your um, father is. Is he heavy or your mother? Heavy. And I don't know what my what my uh, birth mother and birth father's weight history is. You know, I, I don't know them, and and am not particularly interested in in seeking them out. So there could be or might not be. I don't know. Do you have siblings? I have two brothers who are also adopted. Um, one has passed away, and uh, the other one is is still living. And, and I have to ask: Are they heavy, or are they? Um, my my brother is. Uh, yeah, he's not heavy, but he he struggles with a lot of the same compulsive eating issues I do. But he's also. Um, a real compulsive exerciser, and that's how he chooses to keep his weight in check. You know, it doesn't necessarily make him healthier because he's he's not so thin, because he's in some ways, I think, really hurting his body by so much exercise. I mean, certainly he is because he has, you know, a lot of tendonitis and stuff like that. And also his food isn't necessarily better. You know, he's still eating... Junk. He just controls the weight better. Yeah. So it's a it's a compulsion in the same way. His exercises, the behavior is the same. He just does it with a different medium, kind of or a different venue, yeah. I guess. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, instead of vomiting well, or something, he exercises. So since we only have a couple minutes left, uh, Francis, what would you say? What would you say to people? Because there are a lot of people. Most people. Most of us um, who are overweight. Not, and who are and or obese, which a third of the country is, you know, we we will your book help them? What you know? What kind of advice do you have for them? Because I mean, you've been going through this your whole life. You're in your fifties. I mean, you've had the experience. You know what you're talking about. Um, I would say that there are there are two philosophies out there that are predominant. One is fat acceptance and health at every size, and the other one is the fitness and weight loss industry. And both of them are just fine. I have no quarrel with either one of them. But there is a middle ground. It's okay to be ambivalent about how much you weigh. And it's important to understand that biologically, we're programmed to gain weight. It's, it's how our ancestors survived bad winters. So this is fundamentally not really your fault. It's your responsibility, but your responsibility is to make up your mind for yourself 
how you're going to treat this problem. And I think we'll end on that one. That's a, a really good ending. I appreciate so much your being on the show this morning. Francis, Francis Koppel, author of Angry Fat Girls, Five Women, 100 Pounds, and a Year of Losing It Again. You can buy the book online, bookstores everywhere. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. You're listening to The Catherine Zock Show, WMET, VoiceAmericaVariety.com. I don't know where I am. Lauren Beller-Blake, my co-host, and I'm your social worker with a microphone. We'll be back in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america There's nothing like getting involved in a great book. A lot of different genres have come to the forefront as some of the most discussed subjects of today. Whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, the vampire realm, or romance, join some of today's top authors on The Author Hour, your guide to fantastic fiction, hosted by Matthew Peterson. Get ready to explore the works with the authors themselves. Find out the how and the why and what inspired these geniuses of literary art. Tune in to The Author Hour, Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're 
listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back. We're back. Catherine Zox, Lauren Deller-Blake, VoiceAmericaVariety.com. I'm your social worker with a microphone, and this is The Catherine Zox Show. Lauren, that was quite an interview with Frances. It brought up a lot of stuff um, as she's talking. I mean, she really kind of spilled her guts and she tells did. the truth. She did, and I imagine that many, many people can relate to the story. She had said that, um, and she didn't mention this on the show, but I've, I've seen it on her one of the blogs, I think. And, and she, you know, when people accuse her of, you know, like I asked her the question, just stop eating. What's wrong with you? Uh, you know, you're just, you know, you're indulgent and, and all that kind of stuff. And she, she said, you know, when you're 100 pounds overweight or more, every day is a struggle to walk upstairs, to, to get dressed, to do just the normal activities that you have to do. And no one wants to have to go through that every single day. It's painful, but yet because of your addiction, you do. She also said something that I never thought of, that she compared it to alcohol and people that drink alcohol can just stop, but you can't stop eating. I never, ever thought of that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you can that just put the fork on the bottle. You never have to go to a bar, and you never have to serve exactly. alcohol. But you always have that food in your system, and you have to, you have to eat. Yeah. So you have to be more vigilant. There's a different component to it. I mean, she says her boyfriends are Ben and Jerry, you know, Ben and Jerry at ice cream. Right. They under and I'm quoting her. They understand me better than anyone in the world, except another addict. It's interesting. Yeah, I find it. I find it interesting how she had to transform. Most fascinating, actually, how she had to transform how she thought about herself in the various different weights that she has been. When she weighed, when she wore a size eight versus whatever twenty. Mm-hmm. So the person that was the boyfriends were um, probably um, reflected based on who, how she thought about herself, too, I would think. And I also think that you feel, you do feel more vulnerable. Suddenly, you know, when you're really overweight and you can, you literally, you hide behind the fat. The expectations I, I, yeah. you and the expectations are re, are very different. If you see somebody who weighs 300 pounds, you don't expect too much from them. Uh, you, uh, I, I think that's the natural reaction. They're not going to be able to challenge you. I mean, of course, mentally they may be able to. Or I mean, yeah. but the initial response from other people is you feel sorry for them. You feel bad. They're not going to take your boyfriend away from you. I mean, you can go on and on. They're not. You're not. Um, they don't present a challenge to you. They're not threatening. Oftentimes not. And the other that was interesting about her handwriting. Her tiny, tiny. Yeah. But what I'm saying is about Frances, so that when she becomes a size 8, or anybody who does goes from a size 22 to a size 8, then suddenly you also know people expect more from you. It can be, it would seem to me, it would be, I'm trying to put myself in her head, it would be really scary. Because they're going to, their expectations of me are going to be a lot higher, whether it's realistic or not. And I can't hide. Right. Now, your friend that, um, from The Biggest Loser, they don't do any of this. Do they help them with that, por- that on that show? That's a good question. I think that's a question that's coming up, actually. I've seen it on the net. 
what do they do for them afterwards, and how do you handle all of because this? It's a big deal. Yeah. You really painted a picture of what a big deal it really is. You just can't lose the weight and go through what it, they go through nine months on the biggest loser of losing the weight and then send people home. Because all these issues that we discussed today, right, with Francis and, and uh, uh, come, uh, you know, are there, and they have to be dealt with. And if they're not, you're gonna, I think you're going to gain the weight back again. Exactly. But that, that whole issue of getting thin and what that means and really having to deal with that, and I think being in therapy, continuing in a 12-step program, you need to do that once you get skinny or once you get to be a normal weight. It is part of a lifestyle, you know, so you make it part of your lifestyle. And you're changing your entire lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Do you know that they have suits for, you can put on a suit that replicates being 100, 200, 300 pounds overweight. I didn't know that. Yes, they have these suits so that you, you can put them, you, and you put them on, and then you ha- go through your day and see what it feels like to be, say, 200 pounds overweight, and how do you manage your day? How do you go to bed at night? How do you, I was going to say, how do you attempt to have sex? Whatever you, how do you eat? How do you walk? How do you take care of your kids? How do you run around? And it gives you a day in the life of? Wow, no, I had no idea. Have you done yeah. it? Have you done they it? use it, I think, um, for therapists who are treating people who have weight problems oh, or anybody who's, you know, involved in those kinds of programs. So you literally can step inside somebody else's shoes. That's amazing. Yeah. Probably a whole lot more sympathetic afterwards, I bet. Yeah, a whole lot. I'd like to try that. I was going to say, I, you would love that. I I'm could fascinated totally with it in a way. What? I'm I'm sort of fascinated with it. I know it's definitely your you yeah I you would love it. <laughs> and you're not really. It's not. I'm not what? You're not. No, it's I don't. I, I'm not. It's not like I'm not. I'm curious and compassionate, but I'm not over the top. Yeah. It's not. I, I'm just I'm very focused on that. Actually, I think maybe I would try. I will would try that. I would. I, I, I had just seen a, this was a few months ago, I saw some kind of, not a, a documentary or something on that, you know, getting one of these suits and see what it feels like, especially today since everybody's overweight and everybody's obese. So many people. Uh-huh. So many people. Well, do you have a word of the day? Because we have a minute left. Um, word. Like who you are no matter what. Like who you are no matter what? Yeah, I think that's Take part of the Take responsibility. I'm sorry, Catherine, what did you say? Take responsibility. Yeah, that too. It's part of it. For I guess put the two together and you could change your world, huh? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to go out and walk eight miles after that I conversation. Bet. I bet. Well, walk for me. I won't get that in today. All right. We, uh, Lauren Beller-Blake, Catherine Zox, VoiceAmericaVariety.com. It's the Catherine Zox show you've been listening to, and I'm your social worker with the microphone. Hope you had a good day with us, and uh, have a good week, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday.
We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.